0: Hello and welcome to Historical True Crime, the podcast where we take a look back at history's darkest crimes and criminals. I'm your host Lizzie, and today is episode 39. We are going way, way back to the 1500s, and we're going to be in Germany. We've covered a few witches already on this podcast and lots of cases that have some sort of magical component. But today's episode will be on our very first Werewolf. Today's case is The Life and Crimes of Peter Stump. Accusations of being a murderer, a cannibal, and a werewolf were all leveled against Peter Stump. While there are little record of his life before crime, his murders and horrifying execution are somewhat well recorded in history books. Many people will be familiar with the Salem witch trials, but did you know that around 200 years earlier, European courts were finding men and even a few women guilty of shifting into werewolves and torturing and devouring children? According to History.com, throughout the 15th, 16th, and 17th centuries, werewolf trials occurred in various parts of Europe due to superstition, conflicts between religions and governments, and the need to identify scapegoats for difficult uh, general living conditions. Many of the defendants were hermits, beggars, or recent immigrants to the areas. It would only be after being tortured that several people admitted to being werewolves and that, and that they themselves had committed horrible crimes. Some may have had delusions or hallucinations, or just not had the intelligence to understand what they were admitting— according to some historians. Now, some could have been actual serial murderers or pedophiles, but historical records are skewed and often embellished. It can be challenging to distinguish folklore from actual facts or what people at the time believed to be true even hundreds of years afterward. But let's get back to Peter. So depending on the source, he's referred to as Peter Stump, Peter Stubb, or Peter Stumpf. We're, for the purpose of this podcast, we'll just keep it clear at Peter Stump. Peter was a successful farmer who resided just out of Bedburg, a tiny city in Germany's Rhineland, which was then part of the Holy Roman Empire. He was married and had two children, but his wife died sometime in the 1580s. During this time, Protestants and Catholics were at war. And there were several power conflicts between various minor princes and other royals. The Cologne War, often known as the Sewer War, the name is reportedly derived from a fight in which Catholic soldiers seized a fortress through its archaic sewer system. That would have been likely very disgusting. (laughs) So the Sewer War had most recently wreaked havoc on the neighborhood where Peter lived. Like I mentioned earlier, little is actually known about Peter and what is known about him might not even be accurate. The Damnable Life and Death of Stub Peter, a 16-page pamphlet printed in London in 1590, is the main source of information we have on him. However, this booklet is a translation of an earlier German print and that original has never been located. The English translation was found by occultist Montague Summers in 1920, and only two copies remain. The British Museum has one, and the Lambeth Library has the other. The booklet was reproduced by Summers in his book, The Werewolf in Lore and Legend. We're going to get into the details of how Peter was accused of being a werewolf and what his supposed crimes were. But I want to go over a little bit about the history of the werewolf in Europe. Suffice to say, the public's attention was piqued by the horrifying nature of Peter's supposed actions and his subsequent sentence and execution. Although Peter's trial and death are notable, they're not an outlier. Famine, pestilence, war, and religious strife in Europe between the 15th and the 18th century gave birth to superstitious beliefs, including fear of witches, usually women, and werewolves, usually men. However, lycanthropy accusations were significantly less frequent than witchcraft accusations. There are some parts of Europe where there are no records at all of werewolf trials. For example, there are no records of werewolf trials in England. Werewolves were nearly entirely eliminated in the 16th century. In Europe's Mediterranean region, none exist either. Again, according to History.com, the idea that people can change into wolves has been around for centuries. The protagonist of the 2100 BC Mesopotamian epic Gilgamesh leaves a love interest after finding out that she turned an ex-lover into a werewolf. Greek mythology describes how King Lycanon of Arcadia tried to prove Zeus's power by feeding him a disguised human corpse. As a result, Lycaon was punished by becoming a werewolf. His name is actually the origin of the term lycanthropy, which has been used to describe both turning into a werewolf and having a werewolf-like delusion for centuries. In the Middle Ages, werewolves also appeared in legend but they were typically benevolent beings who, against their will, transformed into monsters and yearned to revert to their human form. Now, the witch trials swept through some of Europe in the 1400s that sparked accusations that real people might be dangerous werewolves. Authorities in the swift province of Valais launched widespread prosecutions, attributing things like crop failures, lameness, blindness, infertility and impotence on witches who also took on wolf shapes and mutilated cattle. Several hundred men and women were allegedly found guilty and burned at the stake beginning in 1428, frequently while wearing sacks of explosives around their necks. We have about 300 examples that make up the longest list of werewolf trials in early modern Germany. Although not insignificant, the number is negligible when compared to the 30,000 to 45,000 people who were put to death for witchcraft in Germany over the same time period. But let's get back to how Peter was accused of being a werewolf. Well, in Bedburg, there were a number of unsettling murders that took place between 1564 and 1589. Despite the fact that by the late 1580s, Rumors of a deadly werewolf had started to circulate. Nobody had any real reason to suspect Peter. It was during this period that townspeople started turning up dead. There were rumors of a wolf-like creature prowling the countryside and murdering both people and animals. Described as greedy, strong and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like brands of fire, a mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body, and mighty paws. According to ModernFarmer.com, soon sizable, well-armed parties of townspeople could be found accompanying people to and from town. The degree of fear is further increased when travelers occasionally stumbled upon corpses in the fields. When a child went missing, parents would very quickly think that the wolf had claimed another victim. Despite all attempts to kill the animal, it evaded capture for a number of years, until 1589, when a pack of men pursuing the wolf with their hounds surrounded it. But when they went to close in for the kill, it wasn't the wolf that they found. Instead, it was Peter. It's unclear from their accounts if they witnessed Peter return to his wolf form, or if Peter simply happened to be passing through the woods at this very unfortunate time. In any case, Peter ends up confessing to the murders of 13 children, two pregnant women, and one male under the fear of torture. But it's only the beginning. Peter told his captors that at the age of 12, he made a deal directly with the devil, in which the prince of lies received his soul in exchange for a number of worldly pleasures. Again, this is according to that pamphlet that circulated in London the following year, but was based on the earlier German version. However, Peter, who was inclined to blood and cruelty and was a wicked fiend, pleased with the desire of wrong and destruction, remained unsatisfied. So the devil himself handed him a magical belt that transformed the farmer into a wolf-like killing machine. Peter sets off on a rampage while dressed with his belt, taking pleasure in the shedding of blood, eating of unborn children, killing and devouring of his own son, who was the result of an incestuous relationship between him and his daughter. He purportedly seduced a fine Christian woman, took a she-demon as a mistress, and generally caused mass murder and mayhem. He also appeared to have a thing for livestock, As a successful farmer, it's likely that he wasn't murdering his own animals. He seemed to particularly enjoy lamb and young animals such as baby goats, as opposed to human children. That is quite a uh, criminal record he's racking up there. According to National Geographic, the majority of accused werewolves were male shepherds, though this was not always the case. According to Brian Levac, a retired professor of history at the University of Texas at Austin, wolves were viewed as strong, violent, and aggressive, traits that were usually associated with men. According to the majority of accounts from the time, Stump changed into his wolf form by wearing a belt made of wolf skin that was a gift, again, from the devil. The belt might be taken off for Stump to revert to his human form. Professor Laback notes that werewolves all underwent transformations using some sort of a tool, which was typical for male witchcraft. All of them used some sort of instrument in their magic, such as Stump's use of a magical belt, whereas the lower forms of village magic allegedly practiced by female witches usually consisted mainly of charms, curses, or various concoctions. Despite this record of Stump's crimes and the interest this would have generated, there's just not a lot of documentary proof. There are no transcripts of his interrogation or court documents from the trial. Historians must rely on a variety of pamphlets and handbills for information regarding Stump. Details of this affair have to be gleaned from kind of dubious sources despite the fact that the supernatural aspects of this story are presented as reality. One version has Peter being detained after a local farmer engages a wolf in combat and slashes off his left paw with a sword. The farmer becomes suspicious that Peter and the wolf are the same person after discovering that Peter himself is also missing his left hand when they later cross paths. This is an alternative version of the story that was in circulation. Peter's arrest is shown in more detail in the English booklet. Villagers set up patrols after a slew of killings and animal fatalities. They see Peter in his wolf form and start chasing him. In full face of his pursuers, Peter takes off his magic belt and changes back to his human form. He is then taken into custody, where the mob confirms his identity. The subsequent confession obtained from Peter after being tortured and threatened with further abuse is what establishes his guilt. So let's take that again with a giant grain of salt. Some historians do think it's possible that Peter committed murder. One even asserts that the werewolf legends developed in an effort to account for the existence of serial killers. Even if he wasn't, it's likely that he was blamed for any local wolf attacks on cattle or people. It's possible that another historical event turned Peter into a scapegoat. His alleged atrocities took place during that Cologne War, or Sewer War, the war between Protestant and Catholic forces that lasted from 1583 until 1588. The area would have been terrorized by roving mercenaries. Unsolved crimes could have given rise to ominous folklore of a werewolf stalking the woods. Consequently, it's possible that Peter was chosen for a ceremonial death to rid his neighborhood of evil. According to Kayama for Medium.com, Peter would receive a death sentence for his crimes. His mistress and daughter would also receive death sentences for harboring him. Peter would be executed on October 31st, 1589. His executioners bound him to a wheel and methodically tore out portions of his flesh with an iron claw. An axe man whacked him with the blunt side of his blade after this torture, breaking his limbs. This was done to make sure that if the werewolf emerged from the grave, it would be unable to hunt. His mistress and daughter were also burned when this was happening. Peter was then finally beheaded by a swordsman to warn other people, a wolf statue, the torture wheel, and his head were put on display. Peter was the first and only person to be tried and executed in Bedburg for being a werewolf. Therefore, it's pretty clear his brutal execution and display were considered effective. But how many werewolves were actually tried and found guilty in total in Europe? This is a bit of an aside, but according to History.com, several academic articles will say that between 1520 and 1630, 30,000 werewolves were put to death in France alone. But it was proven by Dutch historian Wilhelm de Blecourt that this phrase originated in a 1611 book by Pierre de Lancre, a passionate werewolf prosecutor noting that he applied this to all people living in that region of france because he had the opinion that witchcraft was practiced in some capacity by every family so willem states in his conclusion that the number the total number of prosecuted werewolves in europe probably never exceeded a few hundred In pre 20th century Europe, it made sense that the wolf would be the feared animal of choice because wolves were known to kill humans, usually children, and could easily decimate a farmer's cattle and therefore threaten their livelihood. In conclusion, like the stories of numerous other people who met with similar demises, the truth about Peter's story is no longer known. Perhaps Peter was a victim of a strange coincidence of wolf attacks. Or perhaps he was really a deranged serial killer. Finally, he could have actually been a child-eating werewolf. We'll never know for sure. But traces of Peter can still be found today in modern popular culture. For example, two metal bands have separately recorded songs about him. The US metal band Macabra recorded a song titled The Werewolf of Bedberg, and the German horror punk band The Other recorded a song titled Werewolf of Bedburg. Author and folklorist Jonathan Mayberry's Pine Deep trilogy stars Peter as the supernatural bad guy Ubel Griswold. Since Griswold is one of Peter's historical aliases, Mayberry chose to utilize that name rather than reveal the identity of, of the antagonist until the closing chapters of the third book in the series, Bad Moon Rising. And a reference to Peter's also made in William Peter Blady's book The Exorcist. When Father Karras and Kinderman talk about satanism, they say, "Terrible was this theory, Father, or fact." Well, there's William Stump, for example, or Peter, I can't remember, anyway, a German in the 16th century who thought he was a werewolf. So Peter's name lives on in history, and whether any of his story was true or it was all made up, I'll leave that up to you to decide. That brings us to the end of another episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, please remember to review, rate, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have any feedback or a suggestion for a case you'd like us to cover in an upcoming episode, you can reach us on Instagram at historical true crime pod or by email at historical true crime pod at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week for another dark and notorious case from history. We'll see you then.